Associates. He's been with Thompson Associates since 2007. Uh, John is an attorney. He's practiced law for over 30 years in Iowa, just a wealth of experience, wealth of knowledge. Uh, and so we're um, very glad to have John with us today. So, so welcome, John. Thank you, Casey. Uh, John, I wanted to just get your thoughts on conservation easements. I've uh, heard, heard a little bit about them, and I just want to pick your brain on conservation easements. So what? Can you just explain what a conservation easement is? Yes, a conservation easement is an easement created by uh, a landowner or by their family, which restricts the future use or development of property, which is typically um, farm property or other uh, developable property. And the easement restricts the future use of that property for uh, commercial or development purposes. Okay. All right. So, so uh, what's the use of that? I mean, why, why would someone do that? Well, there are a number of reasons to do that. One is that you may have a landowner who wants to ensure that a particular piece of property is preserved in an undisturbed state uh, or that it is preserved in a manner um, so that development cannot extend further out into a rural area. Uh, you also have uh, the tax incentives that are associated with uh, creating the conservation easement because there are uh, deductions available both on the income tax side uh, and also on the state tax side. Uh, and so some people are motivated by those deductions as well. Okay, well, well explain that. Go, go a little bit more, a little deeper into the tax advantages of a, a landowner creating a conservation easement. Okay, so when the easement is created and conservation easements are required in order to be um, produce the tax deduction, those easements must be perpetual in nature so that they are, they, they technically last forever. And because you have a restriction on the use of the land for business or development purposes, it reduces the value of that property for somebody else to come in and um, develop it. So imagine that you have um, a 40-acre tract uh, which is uh, usable for farming purposes. If you put a conservation easement across a 10 or a 20 acre piece of that, you would no longer be able to farm that property. So you could use it as pasture ground, but you could not um, you know, graze cattle on it, you couldn't raise crops on it, and so that land now has a lesser value as far as being able to sell the property to a third party. And the value of the deduction is based upon what the value of the land was before you put the easement in place and the value of the land after the easement is put into place. So that, that change in value is, is the amount that is available to claim an income tax or even an estate tax deduction. Now, there are some restrictions 
uh, you cannot claim um, more than, uh, for estate tax purposes, more than 40% of the value of the land uh, can't be claimed, and, and all of those deductions are subject to the normal restrictions on uh, charitable donations as far as how much is deductible in a particular year, what percentage is available given the nature of the asset, and uh, they are also subject to carry forwards uh, if you can't use it in all in one year. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it, it, it strikes me as you're you're talking about this, and and you know, we're talking about tax deductions and you know getting the IRS involved, and so you know, we really are talking about something that is forever. So someone makes this decision, and it's forever. Um, so so a couple of questions. Number one is is who enforces that? The the easement is actually granted to either a land trust or to a governmental entity. Uh, and so, for example, you can give this conservation easement to a number of uh, national, regional, or even local entities like Nature Conservancy or some of those entities, and they, re they assume the responsibility for uh, coming out and determining that the property is being used in accordance with the purpose of the easement. And there must be some benefit, such as outdoor recreation, protection of plants, animals, or ecosystems, or just preservation of either the land in its natural state or possibly even some historical buildings. So, you know, if, if you had a, uh, a, a piece of property uh, which had been um, farmed and, and had some farm buildings dating back into the 1800s and those were preserved, you could create an easement for uh, that area of the farm for the purpose of, you know, continuing to preserve, you know, those buildings or, you know, something along those lines. Okay. That, that, and that makes sense. So, but, you know, going back to why someone would do this, you know, they really have to be sure that, that they're okay. Um, forever uh, making sure that that, uh, that land is, uh, is going to be used according to what this conservation easement calls for, right? I mean, they've got to be, be for sure that future generations are, you know, that they're okay with that happening. They should, you know, go through that planning process to ensure that whoever is going to receive the property after their death will also be uh, I guess, comfortable with the restrictions on use. Now, one of the things that is important uh, to a lot of people is that, at least under the current state of the rules and regulations, um, uses along the, you know, for recreational purposes, uh, hunting, fishing, hiking, uh, those types of things, those are not restricted under a conservation easement. So you may create a conservation easement, but if there is a pond on it, you can still go in and fish it. If there is some timber and there's, uh, you know, there's deer or, uh, you know, pheasants or something along those lines, you can still go hunt uh, on those. You would not be able to uh, commercially hunt on that, but you could do the hunting and fishing for, you know, your own personal purposes and, you know, certainly, you know, family and, and friends. Oh, that's that's a good point. Okay, so so can you just paint 
me a picture of, of uh, somebody, a landowner, uh, just, just a common example of someone who would be interested in, in a conservation easement. You know, what are the characteristics, why, you know, kind of getting into why they would do this and, and what benefits to them? Well, I, I think that it comes that you have a couple of examples that you could, um, that you could find. Um, I'm aware of a situation, uh, having represented a buyer, uh, who was purchasing a piece of property uh, where there was an existing conservation easement on the property. The person who had created the easement uh, was a physician and wanted to preserve the property um, from future development. And uh, because it was, you know, close to town but a little bit on the outskirts of town, he did not want to see the city, you know, continue to expand and this property which had, again, you know, a pond, it had a nice stand of trees, it had some native wildflowers, he did not want to see those lost. So what he created was a conservation easement which impacted about an 80 to 100 acre parcel and what he did was he granted the conservation easement over the 20-acre parcel, which adjoined the road. And so in order to get to the, you know, the back part of the property, you have to go through the conservation easement, which is permitted because there was an existing road. So they could go through that existing road to get back to the back part, but it makes it harder to get back there and so people are less willing to go all the way back and the buyer was very happy with that because he could then develop the back part of the property for a house, have some uh, distance from the road and was still able to hike through it to hunt in the, essentially in the front piece and to gain all of those advantages and because there was that piece of 20 acres or so that wasn't usable, uh, he actually paid a lesser price. So you have people who are motivated by, you know, protecting the land. And then again, you have, in similar situations, people who, in the process of administering an estate, determine that the land values have gone up enough such that they may have uh, an estate tax um, situation that they didn't anticipate, or they're trying to avoid an estate tax situation by uh, virtue of the land, and so what they do is uh, create an easement to reduce the value of that land, uh, which is when it is then included in the estate, uh, brings the taxable estate either down in value or allows the estate to escape estate taxation because it doesn't reach uh, the taxable amount. So, so just to clarify what you just said, you, you're saying that somebody can set it up while during a planning process while they're alive, but, but you also mentioned that um, a conservation easement could be set up after someone passes away? That's, that's correct. Easements can be created both inter vivos and also post-mortem, and significantly they can be created post-mortem even if the planning documents, the will, the trust, uh, do not specifically uh, create that conservation easement. So with that situation, the executor and the heirs 
in a situation where they discovered that there was, in fact, an estate tax issue that could be resolved in part by a, a conservation easement, assuming that they're otherwise in agreement to do that, they could make the election within the estate to create the conservation easement, uh, actually go ahead and create that and receive the deduction for uh, estate tax purposes. So it is one of those tools that is available uh, to estates, even in a post-mortem situation, um, that should be considered uh, in the right set of circumstances and situation. No, oh, fascinating. Um, so if, if someone, final last question, if, if someone is interested in a conservation easement, uh, who should they talk to, who, who should they call to, to get more information? Well, they, they would start with uh, probably finding a local or a uh, national uh, preservation group or society. Again, Nature's Conservancy. Uh, there are you know, frequently um, you know, county conservation boards that are interested and available. Um, you know, places like that to at least go out and explore the possibility of whether someone would be willing to accept the easement, and then they can negotiate the terms of that easement. Okay. All right. Great. That, that's great. That, that, that's great information, John. If, so, so if someone wants to, to uh, contact you, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can contact me either um, through, uh, through our website, and my email is john at ceplan.com, or they can certainly give me a, a phone call, at, at, which is 641-680-3089. Great job. Thank you for your time. This has been great. Thank you, Casey.